WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Tuesday, February the 6th, the sixth day of Black History Month. We're going to talk about that. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008 is our Community Connection call-in number. Again, the call-in number, 317-972-3008. Uh, as I was saying, today is the sixth day of Black History Month, and we're going to get to more on that coming up. Uh, but first, a short time ago, uh, in a unanimous decision, a federal appeals court decided that Donald Trump does not I repeat, does not have presidential immunity from criminal prosecution. Now, the decision is in relation to criminal charges Trump is facing related to his alleged efforts on January 6, 2021, to change the results of uh, his November 2020 election loss. And for those who are still doubting, yes, Trump did lose the election to Joe Biden, fair and square. Anyway, uh, to give you a little background, here's how it was first reported by uh, CBS News a short time ago. Okay. Uh, (laughs) There we go. which was set to begin on March 4th, but that date is now on hold as this immunity claim moves through the courts. Let's bring in congressional correspondent Scott McFarland, who is outside the federal courthouse here in D.C. Scott, good morning. Major, good morning to you. We waited weeks for this ruling to come down from this three-judge panel at the D.C. Court of Appeals, and they have rejected unequivocally Donald Trump's argument he is immune from prosecution in the 2020 election conspiracy case on the basis of presidential immunity. Let me read one key excerpt from this 50-plus page ruling. It says, for the purpose of this criminal case, former President Trump has become citizen Trump with all of the defenses of any other criminal defendant. Any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. That's in line with what the district court ruled when Judge Tanya Chutkin rejected this argument, saying Donald Trump now is any other criminal defendant and has no special privileges. This ruling raises the prospect, if not the likelihood major, the trial date for Donald Trump in this election subversion case goes back on the calendar as early as this spring. There was a March 4th trial date that existed until last week. The judge waiting on this ruling took the case off the calendar. It could now potentially go back on and soon. Outside the federal courthouse, Scott McFarland, thank you very much. I want to bring in our legal correspondent, Jan Crawford. Jan, this is not the last word 
but it is a significant word. It's a significant setback. You have a federal appeals court, a judges, a liberal judges, a conservative judge speaking with one voice and emphatically rejecting President Trump's broad claims that former presidents are absolutely immune from what they did as president. Extraordinary claim. No one's ever argued that before. We're in uncharted territory. But this is not the last word, like you said. I mean, Trump has several options now. The, the, the appeals court has given him a few weeks to go to the full D.C. Circuit and ask them to review this. And then, of course, he can take it to the Supreme Court. So while it's not the last word, I think it's yet another hurdle that's going to make it harder and harder for Trump to avoid trial in this case. I see no way that the Supreme Court does <clears throat> anything other than what this three-judge panel did here if they even decide to take that to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what does all that mean? Uh well, for those of you who have been saying it's about time, uh, it it seems has the time come. I I I don't know. I don't know. Um, we have uh, our uh, local attorney uh, to help us sort it out. Uh, Taiwan Garrett here is here with us, and uh, Attorney Garrett, first, thank you for for coming on the show with us uh, on such short notice. Uh, but you know, when things happen and and breaking, uh, I guess short notice is the is the is the rule of the day so again thank you for being with us uh 317-972-3008 317-972-3008 and um so when you first heard this attorney get what are you know what are your thoughts i guess i should ask you first your your thoughts your reflections on this ruling okay well thank you for having me once again on your show as well as to the viewers happy uh, black history month yeah, uh my history. first initial thought to the viewers is this is an accurate assessment i mean uh the argument was offering a broad the, the broadest form of immunity presidential immunity that could be ever argued and so the case was pretty much trying to say that hey in the normal sense of governmental immunity there's a, a form of governmental immunity that exempts individuals acting as the government agent from prosecution from from crimes mm -hmm. that they from if they're acting under the color of the law. Now, if you're committing a criminal act, it's kind of hard to say that you're doing something criminal that was still under the auspice of the act of, of being of, of, of acting as you're doing the law or, or executing the law. Mm -hmm. And so Trump was making the argument, it's kind of like a kitchen sink argument. It's like, oh no, I'm a president. I'm afforded the broadest level of governmental immunity or presidential immunity that could be allowed. And if you're going to defer to anything, defer to the broadest interpretation of presidential immunity rather than a limited mm -hmm. presidential immunity. And the courts pretty much said, no, that's never been the case. Uh, no president is ever going to be above the law in the sense of being above the law. And particularly if the president is not acting under the color of the law or acting as performing a governmental function or action. So and that this oh. person will be treated as, as any different than any other citizen. You're a citizen Trump mm -hmm. is, is no different as you're a citizen Cosby and I'm citizen Garrett. You know that if we commit a crime, and we violate the law, we should we can be prosecuted for it, and then we'll be afforded our time in court to argue whether the the government or the state has met its uh, burden of proof to convict us of that crime beyond a reasonable doubt. So, in and other we'll be judged yeah, by a jury of our peers. Judged by so, in other words, the court has decided that you can't do 
whatever you want to do and say, well, because I was president and king of the world, I can do whatever I want. The court is basically saying, no, you can't do whatever you want. Correct. And it's, that's always been the case. That's never, there's never been any interpretation like that. There's been theories mm-hmm. that are asking exactly the extent of the presidential immunity, you know, mm-hmm. and the extent of what executing the office of president is because when you're the president, there's not everyone's situation that's going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. There's things that may occur that the president may have to act immediately and make decisions. Right. And so, but are you acting under the color of the law? Are you acting, executing the law? Well, what Trump was actually doing, there's there was nothing, no clear form of that he was actually executing some form of the law. We had an argument that he was claiming that that there was fraud being conducted in the election process, but there's procedures for that to occur. You know, there was if if there was case upon case that was heard where he, those arguments were made, and they and he lost on each one of those cases. Mm-hmm. And so now to say, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I was acting under the, the color of the law. I was acting and executing, being the executive of the law, chief executive of the law of the land, and I should be protected. And they're like, no, if you were committing a crime, and as any other individual, you should be subject to conviction or at least being charged with that crime, and then a determination whether you're guilty of that crime. And I think one of the key things that with a lot of the arguments is like, well, if it's impeachable, you know, was it? I thought this was covered in the impeachment proceeding. And so you have to understand Article 2, Section 4 of uh, the Constitution says that a president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanor. So the key is Congress makes the decision, according if you if you're interpreting this article, the, the court systems will determine whether a crime has been committed based off the elements of a crime. Mm-hmm. Once those elements of the crime are committed and they're convicted and the person is still serving within that office, then Congress can make an impeachment article of impeachment based off that conviction for that crime or misdemeanor. So, and what he was trying to do was like, no, skip that. We don't even need to have a trial. I'm immune from it. And all that should be covered in an impeachment. And the courts determined, like, no, that's not the case. There's, there's no, there's a phrase that like the, they like to call it. He take, he's taken a, the broadest form of presidential immunity to the point where it's consi- would be considered uh, the imperial presidency. That the president, as long as he's the president and he's acting somewhat in the form of that office, that he's exempt from all prosecution, all laws, all criminal proceedings all civil proceeding, and the court was not willing to stretch that limit to that, that form of fashion. Yeah. Now, of course, he has... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Of course, he has what? Now, of course, he has the option to appeal uh, the appeals court decision uh, to the Supreme Court, or he can order uh, an impaneling of embankment where all the way... In this case, there was only three of the jurors from mm-hmm. the appeals court. He can mm-hmm. actually ask for the full appeals court which is uh, more mm. than just those three, mm. to hear the case and make a determination. The likelihood of that occurring is probably very rare. Most people would say, just go ahead and and go uh, file file your appeal to the Supreme Court to get a further clear understanding. But there's no, there's no question 
well, there's there's the Supreme Court, just because you file for an appeal to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court doesn't necessarily have to hear your appeal. They right. can stay silent and let the appeals court decision stand. So why take this to the federal appeals court in the first place? I mean, it could. I mean, it it, it sounds pretty cut and dry. Uh, and the fact that um, it had to be taken to a federal appeal. Well, why why even do that? I mean, delay tactic, which he's famous for and and good at, or genuinely needed to have clarification on this issue. I think it was an element of both. Okay. And because at the current time, well, now what we like to fake like now we have case law. You know, we made we have a case, and a decision was made, and interpretations can be made from that case law. So we can say, well, this is how the court is viewing this, and so we can build upon that case law, depending on the circumstance. Now, was it used for uh, a stall, a delay technique? There's a strong there's a strong indication that it was used to. Uh, to kind of kick the can down, you know, it's like uh, there's a, like we said in the law, we tend to have a phrase, you know, if the law's on your side, argue the law. If the facts are on your side, argue the facts. And if neither of two are on your side, then you just argue and see what what sticks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite obvious that the broad interpretation that he was trying to take, there was no president, no court case, no ruling that indicated that there was that level of broad interpretation of presidential immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, his facts doesn't lend to saying that for this that there, that this should be the exception. I mean, we have a, a president that, on all all faces, seem to have been trying to impede a, a peaceful transfer of power, or impede a, the electoral process, or the, the the will of the people. And so, there's nothing that you can remotely say that this should be that one that one off where. We should look for a broad interpretation of presidential immunity. Yeah, he, he's he's asking for you know turn your head because I and, and technically he was still holding the office of the presidency January six twenty twenty one um, until you know inauguration day several days later, uh, but that that behavior on the sixth. Um, had nothing to do under the, the official formal actions of the presidency, and he's saying, "Don't you know? Don't 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 prosecute me for a crime because I was the president, right? Is that that's what the argument was." That's what the argument was. He was claiming that he was no more than merely stating a grievance to the public. You know, mm-hmm. he was making his mm-hmm. argument to the court of public opinion, and see, making your argument to the court of public opinion is one thing. Making your argument to in the court. Of law is a different scenario. In mm-hmm. the court of law, you have we're we're bound by facts, we're bound by law, we're bound by statute, we're bound by case law, and we have to follow those, yeah. irrespective of what you may view or or feel or believe. You know, the the the, the basis of the law is law. Sometimes can be cold and hard, mm-hmm. but yeah. but uh, as long as it's applied even-handedly, and what he's trying to say is, I I. I should be afforded all benefits of the doubt mm-hmm. because I was the president. Mm-hmm. And I, and as, and as the president, how could I commit a crime when I'm actually doing what a president is supposed to do, execute the law, meaning making sure that elections were followed and the transition of power. So he's, he's claiming that I'm questioning 
the electoral process. Mm-hmm. And so because I'm in charge with the transfer of power, because I'm handing power of the presidency to my successor, if I have a question in that, I can make the argument that I was acting as the president because I'm the person that's transferring the power of the presidency to this next person. So anything that I was doing, if I had a doubt about the election, I was acting as a co- I was acting in my Mm-hmm. Authority official, to yeah, do that. Official capacity. Uh, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. So in turn, the man has 91 felonies, you know, he's, he's facing. So in turn. <laughs> allegations. It, alle- allegations. Allegations. Okay. He hasn't been convicted. Of, he hasn't been convicted of any criminal charge. Uh, no. But he's, he's he's facing serious allegations and serious charges, uh-huh. criminal charges. So what, where does this fit in terms of the rest? to those i mean how does this set up you know everything else because i know that there are some folks out there that are saying well okay great okay this court has ruled um that you know no you're not immune from criminal you can still be prosecuted as a criminal uh just because you were president at the time doesn't mean you still can't be prosecuted as a criminal okay so i get so what does this mean in relation or doesn't mean anything in relation to all of the other cases uh that he has against him well, it means that those cases can proceed in, in a normal fashion of any other criminal. You, you're, you're entitled to a speedy trial. You're tri- entitled to uh, confront your accusers. And you're afforded all the normal criminal, criminal, uh, mm-hmm. criminal, uh, man, I don't want to say this. Yeah. So, criminal benefits of the doubt or criminal yeah. defenses that mm-hmm. you can, you can argue. Yeah. And so he's not, he's, 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 he's considered citizen Trump mm-hmm. and he's, he's, afforded every right that every other individual citizen is afforded. Now, granted, his level of income helps him to make certain arguments, but those trials now can proceed and be on the docket that the the judge and his counsel and and the prosecutor can agree to when to set the date for the next trial in the next next hearing. So, Wow. 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Our guest, um, attorney, Indianapolis attorney, uh, Taiwan Garrett. Uh, attorney Garrett, we have a caller. Uh, Brother Man, how are you doing? Hey, how are y'all today? <laughs> doing uh, good. You and the attorney. Doing good, thank you. No one has said anything about the lives that was lost because of Donald Trump. And now he's trying to say he was immune to all that because he's the president. Let's try to talk to our young people that's voting so they'll know what they're voting for and who they're voting for. Because this white boy here is going to get away if you don't uh, stop him. Somebody's got to do something to stop this guy. He's flying all over the country and just got convicted of raping a woman. Now, how is that? If I was the, if I was Barack Obama, he'd be in prison right now. Well, it was a well, civ- civil league. Yeah, okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, he was not convicted of a sexual assault. He was found criminally liable for an if action that he took. liable, he had to do something. Well, not necessarily, because what the standards for that is a lower standard. You just have to prove beyond a uh, preponderance of the evidence for a, a civil case. He was never convicted in a criminal charge against uh, E. Jean Carroll. There was, no, there was never a criminal proceeding against him for that alleged sexual assault. So on that issue, 
he's not he was not deemed to be criminally liable. He was deemed to be civilly liable, which entailed that he impacted her. In addition to that, her case dealt with defamation. She claims that he defamed her character and that that caused her damages. And in the process of causing her damages, it cost her money. And she should be entitled for him causing that harm to her mm-hmm. payment. I like the way you laid that out, brother. Still, uh, the, the man got away with uh, something he did wrong. And I still believe that he should be in jail. He riding all over the country in a plane speaking to millions of people trying to get them to vote for him when everybody in this country know he's done been charged with all these charges. All those charges are not fake. Some of those charges are for real. And if you don't talk to your... The first time I voted was in 1964 when... uh, voted for Kennedy, and I was talked to by my family, my uncles and my granddaddy and all of them uh, told told me that when you vote, you vote for somebody that's going to do something for you. And back in them days, I think it was uh, uh, a lot. You never heard nothing like these guys are doing now. They do anything they want to. And then get away with it. And then these people go and vote for them and complain about all the millions and billions and trillions of dollars they have gave to uh, the rich people in this country. The rich people are getting richer, and that's why they want him back in there so they can get some more uh, tax cuts. And then they turn around and give you a 1000 or $1,500 like that's a whole lot of money. Yeah. Hey, don't make no fool out of these people. Yeah. And they can't see it. Oh, I'm tired of tired of bad. You better stick mm-hmm. with that old white man that's gonna help you. It's mm-hmm. the same as they fighting the Civil War all over again. We got one good white man and one bad one. Mm. That's wow. all it is. Okay. If they can't see it, let them go ahead. I, I, hey, I'm soon to be 82 if God let me live to June. I ain't never gonna vote for no white man like that. In my lifetime, there ain't never been but one white man that ever helped black people, and that was uh, uh, the first one that that uh, and he got killed. Mm-hmm. Yes, one uh, Republican white mm-hmm. man that ever helped black people. Yeah, and he got, he got killed. All right, brother man, I appreciate your yeah. call and thank you. And uh, Attorney Garrett, uh, the frustration surrounding uh, everything that. Uh, the former whatever is alleged to have done um, is real. Uh, how far does this ruling go in alleviating some of that? I mean, should people take some comfort in in this ruling that the wheels of justice, although they turn slowly or might be starting to churn and, and turn in the, the, the right direction or the direction in which they should? Um, you know, is there any comfort to be taken in this ruling? Well, the comfort that will be taken is this, is that our structure of of uh, the law is still adhered to, where we look at the law, we look at the facts, mm-hmm. and we try to interpret the law and the facts and come to a, a reasoned conclusion. And so this conclusion that the the judges came out was very reasoned out. They, they, they stated that, no, there's no broad immunity afforded to the president, and there's no exception that you're providing 
to say that there is. And that being the case, your case is remanded back to proceed on in a normal fashion. Now, granted, it does. Give, I think what the what the the average person sees is that there's a two levels of 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 the justice side of 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 of, 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 of our, our mm-hmm. legal society. Mm-hmm. There's a, a a side that says if you have enough money, you can stall, delay, uh, draw it out, uh, make statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the court of public opinion to steer a narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody doesn't have that. I mean, what, we, what we're learning is this. Donald Trump has a platform that he's able to control the narrative. But controlling the narrative in public is one thing. Once he enters those court doors, the narrative is controlled by the facts and the law. Okay. And it's not about what you know, it's what the facts have mm. before us say. Okay. It's not what you think, it's what is what is actually the fact. What you can prove. And okay. here's what the law is. And so and the courts, for all intents and purposes, particularly with this ruling, seem to follow exactly where the law told them to lead based off these facts. Okay. That there is that there is no broad presidential immunity mm-hmm. and you don't provide an exception, even if there was one. You didn't even provide an exception for that. I see. I see. Okay, uh, 317-972-3008. Attorney Taiwan Garrett is our guest. Uh, Ms. Montgomery, go ahead. How are you? Yes, my name is Adina Montgomery. I'm a veteran, and I stay in the military and retire. Um, For a a little thing that we were doing in the military. Thank you. We did a lot of things in the military, and one of the things that our first time I was putting into us is that we are protecting against Russia. We did a lot of training, a lot of times in the woods. Mm-hmm. And my question is um, because when it comes to when you did something wrong, we were even co-martial. Now, we have seen what this person has done. And it seems like a circus. We are looking. The world is seeing that someone can get away with all of these things. Yes, we got to follow the law. But when are we going to stop this? It's like a circus. And it's a delay, a delay. Do you think that an officer in the military could uh, commit things and be still a commander-in-chief? No. And he's supposed to be the most powerful person, the president. And we are allowing all of this to happen and even trying to become president again. How are we are seen by the world? We're supposed to be a powerful nation. Bottom line, though we look like a powerful nation with all of this going on, I don't think so. I am a foreigner. I came here. I served because I needed it because I was abandoned by my husband. And I served. And I did everything right. And even though I did, I got put down. I got demoted. Mm -hmm. But I was able to retire. I served. This man has not done nothing but continue doing and doing when it is going to stop. Yeah. That is an insult for every soldier that I've served 
for mm. us to have so, democracy. So, so let me it's ask you this, Ms. Montgomery. What are your thoughts about the ruling today, as Attorney Garrett has, has spelled out for us? What are your thoughts on that? Well, let me tell you. I am a nurse, and mm. I worked last night. I went to sleep, and now I'm going because I'm applying on the VA. I didn't hear it, but I've been trying to listen. I'm sorry. I got on the phone. I mean, I got on on the radio, and I'm listening to all of these things that he's saying. But I'm just so tired of hearing the same excuses and get away and get away and get away. It's annoying. And yeah. people still believe into this. Enough is enough. This needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and again, at, Attorney Garrett, uh, and thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Montgomery. The number 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Uh, the time that it has taken to reach a decision like the one that was reached today um, has been, as as our caller said, uh, annoying um, and deflating to uh, a lot of people who feel like they're they're not really hearing the message, so to speak, of you are going to be afforded the same rights as any other criminal defendant as citizen Trump and not President Trump. They're not hearing that that's what was said today. They're they're seeing that yet another delay because it sounds like this is an opportunity to you know to to appeal. Uh, something he didn't like again. Something he didn't like, and uh, so that that's a problem in our in our system in the sense that uh, those, as you just alluded to, those who have the money can do that. Uh, those who don't can't. But and here's the thing: you have to look at it. Also, it plays into the narrative. The goal is for you to get annoyed. The goal is for you to get frustrated. Ah, yes. Because if okay. you get frustrated, you tune it all out. You know, it's like it's it's, it's like a, it's the it's the kid with the keys. Dangle the keys here, and as I'm as I'm picking your pocket over there. Uh-huh. And so the goal is, I want you to stay off of thinking about. He wants you to view that he's been agreed, rather than focusing on what are the issues of important, what are the kitchen table issues that we need to irrespective of him. What's what's important to the voting public? I don't care whether you committed the crime or didn't commit the crime. Mm-hmm. I don't care because there's a system in place for that. What I'm concerned is this: What are you going to do about health care? What are you going to do about uh, immigration? What are you going to do about uh, inflation? What are you going to do? What are your policies? We need to stop focusing on what what's being uh, happening to Donald Trump and focus on what is happening in the greater world. The system is in place to take care of Donald Trump. It's called the criminal justice system. Mm. Courts are going to do that. They're going to apply the law and the facts. What we need to do is quit feeding into his inferno of distraction, mm. distracting from what the real issue is. The real issue is not Donald Trump. The real issues are those kitchen table things that matters to the individual voter. Mm. Focus on that. Yeah. As long as you're focusing on Donald Trump and his uh, uh, apparent grievances or that he's not being treated fairly, you're going to miss the whole argument and you're going to start tuning the most important thing, the things that matter to you the most. Yeah. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Anonymous, go ahead. How are you? <clears throat> Hi, Tina. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I, I just have a question to uh, ask of the attorney, Garrett. Mm-hmm. Um, it, with all that's 
going on with this man and uh and, and knowing that he's broken the law um and and is if convicted I'm I'm sure he has all kind of accounts against him. Uh and if convicted on these accounts and he I I'm hoping he goes to jail. Um the jail that he will be put in, though, that's the thing. I, you know, it's a, he won't go to regular jail like uh, people of color. You know, he'll just be on the outside again in, in freedom, I would imagine, because the majority of the people that's in politics don't uh, are treated the same as a, a, a criminal. But I believe crime is crime. So he should be treated as a criminal and, and, and served like a criminal. And I just wanted to ask, will that happen or no? Uh, and I'll take my answer off the, off the air. Um, Anonymous, thank you for that question. Uh, Attorney Garrett, we got to sneak in a commercial real quick. Um, I'll let you formulate your answer to that question. 317-972-3008 is our number. We will be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Our guest uh, for this segment, Indianapolis attorney Taiwan Garrett. Uh, happy to have him with us. Uh, helping us sort out uh, this decision that came down late this morning uh, that blew up a lot of the uh, uh, phones and and uh, breaking news and, and things of that nature. Basically, uh, federal court of appeals unanimously uh, uh, ruled uh, that Donald Trump was not immune. He did not have presidential immunity uh, from criminal prosecution for his uh, alleged actions uh, on January sixth uh, in his for his alleged role in the uh, insurrection uh, at the state house. So, uh, Attorney Garrett has been taking questions. He's been uh, explaining uh, very well um, some of the legal procedures that perhaps we don't always understand. Um, I was saying that um, in a small way, um, a lot of people that have been following this can say, well, it's about time. Um, Attorney Garrett has basically explained uh, it was going to be there anyway. Uh, just had to get to it. So, uh, Attorney Garrett, we have a uh, caller, Henry, who has a question for you. Uh, go ahead, Henry. Yes, uh, Attorney Garrett, uh, Tina, uh, thanks for having him on. Uh, mm-hmm. He sounds like he's well-rounded, mm-hmm. and he really, really hit the hammer on the nail uh, that we need to focus more on what the people need. I have to agree 100% on that. Um, this is great that you're that you're doing this today. Because everyone is so involved with Donald Trump himself. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump loves the attention. Mm -hmm. That fuels the fire with him. Mm -hmm. It's all it is. And so we need to focus on, I always said, and I said once before, Tina, you may remember when I called in, but I knew you talked to so many people. But the one thing that I did mention is that I like the name of your show, community connection because there's so many things that we need to focus on just in our neck of the woods in our circle Mm -hmm. right here Mm -hmm. 
One thing I just just getting off the subject, but I want to come back real quick. I'm not going to take everybody's time because I know there's some other people that like to talk. What I see is this city is moving ahead, but the streets are horrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they are just, it, it, it is, I've been out here, I'm retired, but I'm not retarded. And I have been all over the city driving, and it's, it's I, I can't imagine how Indianapolis, I'm born and raised here, went to school here. I went to kindergarten in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I can't understand what has happened there. But that's another subject for another time. But getting back to the the attorney, I think that you nipped it in the bud, sir. I do appreciate you. I hope that uh, your career uh, blossoms because you you got it. Your antennas are up. I I understand that you are really paying attention. And all I want to do is give you the kudos to keep going and do what you need to do, sir. You You guys have a good day. All right, you too, Henry, and uh, certainly watch out for those potholes. Uh, I could do a pothole show every day of the week and still not get it all in. Uh, That's how serious and how emotional. I mean, it's so emotional, uh, uh, potholes, uh, that that the problem is. And I'm, you know, Attorney Garrett, I know you drive and have have experienced what so many uh, people experience, and and it's it's kind of a conundrum. We we can't figure it out why it can't be uh, uh, conquered once and for all. But, again, back to... uh, uh, the uh, the ruling that you're helping us all to sort out. And again, mm-hmm. legally speaking, what this ruling means, and that, that's important for our listeners to understand. And as you say, uh, you know, keep your eye on the ball. Focus on the real thing here. Uh, you know, the, the legal system in and of itself is, is going to take care of Trump. But in understanding, this is, I think this is significant I could be wrong, but I think this is significant in in allowing people to understand that, look, here's what the legal system has. Yes, it's taken a while. Don't pay attention to the pundits who are saying, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting, you know, whatever, because it, it did come. Right. Right. It came today. Yeah. Uh, but it 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 was clear uh, that he had no no standing, no legal standing in that argument. Correct. Correct. And what you have to understand, this was a ruling on a motion. So the charge was always there. The charge was that, well, a multitude of charges, whether it's the keeping classified documents, whether it's in interfering with an election process down in Georgia, or whether it's uh, committing insurrection in the D.C. case. So those were all allegations. He hasn't been convicted of anything. I want everybody to understand he hasn't been convicted. So in the process of charging him, his claim was that, hey, you can't charge me because I am exempt. Mm-hmm. So he's and so the judge at the trial level said that argument. I'm not I'm not accepting that argument. I rule against that argument. Mm-hmm. And so and that the trial should proceed on knowing that that affirmative defense that you're claiming is not a defense. He has an option to appeal that judge's motion or denial of his motion of uh, the defense of I'm exempt. Mm-hmm. That's where we end up in the 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 appeals court. And so the appeals court is saying, no, no, that exemption doesn't apply. It's remanded back to the judge to say, judge, the defense that he's making that he was exempt is no, no longer defense. You actually got it right. Judge did not allow that defense to go through. Now the trial can proceed on through its normal course, but not with him arguing that defense can't have that defense very good Correct. Very so, but good. now he has some other, he has some other defenses 
that he can utilize. He just can't use that. That defense. one. Okay. Yeah. Well, the other ones, uh, would you say, are, are even weaker than that? Because that was pretty weak. And if that was the best he had and came mm-hmm. out, if he came out firing most, with that one? Most of the arguments are weak at best. Okay. okay. I mean, but again, it's not for me to determine whether the mm-hmm. arguments are weak. That's what a jury as his peers is going to determine. Exactly. Whether his 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 way of defending himself. And here's the thing. He has, he also has an option to not say anything. You know, they always say, yeah, the right to remain silent. He has uh-huh. an option to say nothing yeah. and let the state present their case to the jury and the jury make their decision based off that. Not likely, not likely. Not right. Like but jury. again, but, but he has, you're right. He has that, that option. Yeah, indeed. But the option is there's a difference between winning in the public, the court of public opinion and in court of law. And what we're having is, He's creating a vacuum where we're looking at this through the lens of a public type of trial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather in the lens of a legal sense of the trial. And in a legal sense, it's very orchestrated. It's very controlled. There's a list of people that are, are orchestrating the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to make it seem, again, that, I need to win. If I can win the minds of the public, I can walk into the courtroom knowing that that's enough to create a doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause we're, we're, we're social beings at our, at our core. You know, as much as you try to have a jury, your peers that are objective as possible, somewhere you, certain things are going to seep in in life. You can, I mean, with, with Donald Trump, it's one of those things. It's kind of hard to avoid anything with him because he's in, in, in a constant cycle constantly constantly right. uh 317-972-3008 attorney indianapolis attorney taiwan garrett is our guest uh benjamin go ahead how are you yes good afternoon all. hope all is well got a I got a scenario question here uh that i want to ask uh okay it, he has the ability to delay uh all the things that he's uh going through as we come up on the uh, election, the scenario would be that, okay, he's now been elected a president of the United States with a vice president of who knows what, who. Uh, once elected as president, uh, he can now uh, maneuver through these uh, possible allegations to delay him for four years or so. Uh, and if not, uh, any conviction would be probably exempt because now he is the president of the United States. If he's convicted, is there a law that will now automatically deny him that privilege of being president? And if so, then now we have a vice president that, you know, uh, was going, is going to take over. That's Republican. Well, here's what you have in that scenario. If he's convicted, the conviction will lead to an impeachment, articles of impeachment to be formulated through Congress again. And then Congress will determine whether he's th- those that crime is an impeachable crime, and then it's turned over to the Senate to convict. So there's there's still process in play that will, will play, have to play out. I mean, but from what this court case was saying is that irrespective, you're still citizen Trump. And citizen mm-hmm. Trump is afforded all the, the rights and remedies as any other person in any criminal or civil proceeding. Just because you're running for office does not put a stay on those criminal or civil proceedings. 
But again, there again, public opinion uh, kind of goes in there again with uh, uh, most likely a hard possibility of being acquitted of those uh, crimes as well, would you think? Right. He does have the option, if he's convicted, if they're federal charges, he does have an option to pretty much grant himself immunity. But then you run the risk of public opinion saying, aha, so this it really never had anything to do about policies and getting a, a, a presidential agenda. It was mainly a bit for you to benefit yourself, which goes back to my initial phrase was we need to be more concerned with what are the issues what are the issues that he's discussing? What are the issues that he's bringing forth as a presidential candidate? Because if we focus on that, then he's going to do if, if elected, he can do exactly what you're saying. I can pretty much grant myself immunity or I can stymie the further case or delay. And as you know, as, as, as we've always, we've heard that phrase over and over, justice delayed is justice denied. Right. Exactly. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Benjamin. And uh, the, the anonymous caller a few moments ago called back and uh, was looking for a response to the question oh, that they asked: sure. Why don't why don't politicians go through the same uh, persecution? I mean, I, I'm sure he means prosecution as regular citizens. Um, well, they do. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. They do. And I, I, I got it again. You again, you have to understand these are allegations. Mm-hmm. First thing first, there's never that has he's he's not been convicted of anything. He has allegation charges against him that he's broken the law, and he's going to be afforded his time in court to determine whether he's going to be convicted of those allegations. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to speculate on the what ifs of it. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on the what. What do we have right now? We have a former president. And we have to keep emphasize he's a former president. I always kind of hear this. It's like President Trump. No, he's former president. Mm-hmm. Former President Trump has been charged with certain crimes. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to the system to determine whether he should be convicted of those allegations. There you go. He can raise as many defenses as he wants. There you go. All right. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Ken, how you doing? Doing good, thank you. Good. This is for uh, Mr. Garrett there. How you doing, sir? How you doing as well? Yes. Did the name Enrique Terrio mean anything to you? Have you heard that name before, Enrique Terrio? I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand. Say that he's one more time. En- Enrique, Enrique Terrio, I believe he's oh, one of the, the Proud Boys. Oh, the guy boys. from, yeah. uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the I know what you're talking the, about, the Proud Boy. Yeah, one of the Proud Boys. Yeah, the Proud Boy, okay. Enrique Terrio, one of the leaders of the Proud Boy, who is an Afro-Cuban hang, uh, head mm-hmm. of a white supremacist mm-hmm. organization. Go, mm-hmm. go figure that one out. But anyway, because maybe you got to ask a black Republican that question. But anyway, he was, he, he was served 22 years for his participation on what happened on January 6th for being an instigator. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't even in town that day because he attacked a black matter, uh, a, a historical mm-hmm. black church, him and some of his cohorts. Attacked a black chair where they had they were displaying a uh, Black Lives Matter banner, and he was one of the masterminds of of the so-called coup. Even though he he was told by the D.C. police you need to get out of town because you know if you hang around here, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. something's bad going to happen. You you're going to go to jail, which eventually went to jail anyway. But my question is, and I'm glad Enrique, I'm glad you're in jail. I hope the Aryan Brotherhood take you under their wing. I doubt it, but I hope so. So. 
if the law is applied equally, why isn't Enrique, who is in prison right now, and the orange menace is not? And let's, get, let's just keep it real. Let's keep it 100. If Barack Obama was accused of quarter of the things Donald Trump has done, Obama would have been impeached and possibly in jail. So, you know, we, we yeah, we could talk about the race card and all that, but let's just be real. There is a double standard. And some of even Trump's own cohorts who are white are now in prison. But yet this grifter, he's a grifter, a career criminal, just ask the people that went to Trump University who got ripped off. And yet these same people that still worship him, I, I, I you know, well, I know why they worship him because uh, they're, they're okay. mainly they're motivated but, by the president. But your question, your question is oh, why? Yeah, the double yeah. standard, why is Enrique, yeah. Enrique, who's in prison right now for treason, he's a traitor, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump, who was... Let's go down to the Capitol building and let's raise hell and all yeah. that. And he haven't done one day in jail. Come on now. Let's get I don't care about him being president. He's former president now. And as soon as he yeah. Joe Biden okay. took the oath, he should have been hauled off to jail. Thank okay. You. Let yeah, let him answer. Go ahead. Go ahead, Attorney Garrett. Yes. Yeah. Uh again, what we have to understand is with again, Mr. Enrique, he was afforded his his day in court and of course, he had he had uh, representation, legal representation in that matter. And if my memory serves me correctly, I don't know. If I, well, we know he had a, he had a trial, and his 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 uh, legal counsel rendered some defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, in a criminal matter, you're entitled to a speedy a speedy trial. Mm-hmm. And so, in this case, Mr. Trump is afforded a speedy trial as well. But like with anything, <laughs> if the facts are not on your side, you will not want a speedy trial. You will want it slowed down as much as possible. So this is one of those options where Mr. Trump is using certain tactics, you know, certain motions to be made. But every lawyer that makes those motions, they still those motions still have to have form some basis in uh, a legal theory. You just can't just pull pull arguments out of the air and just throw it. And see what sticks. So because the, if not, you'll be you'll be sanctioned as a lawyer. Is it so a matter? Mr. Yeah. En- yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So with Mr. Enrico, I mean, he was afforded his time in court, and he was determined to be guilty. Yeah. Uh, it was now, a matter of him not look- not having the resources to be able to delay, as 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 Trump has the resources to be able to delay. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's a resource thing. I would think it's certain attorneys. Can certain attorneys may say, I'm not making that argument. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Trump may find attorneys that may say, you know what? I'll make that argument. Yeah. Has the money to keep looking, though. Whereas perhaps and right. Mr. Terry. And, and, and as we know, he, he's yet to keep a consistent attorney in all his matters. No, it doesn't I mean, pay him. But, you know, that's another, right. another story. That's another That's another show. Uh, Brother Darrell, go ahead. Hey, Athena. And hey. your guest, how are you? Attorney Garrett, yes, go ahead. Yes, um, listen, um, yeah, if um, anybody else, if I were running for office and I had all these issues, all these accusations and, um, you know, old people, I've been civil, civilly sued and I'm part of a so-called insurrection, wouldn't even, probably wouldn't even be put on the ballot. So for me, I'm willing to let this thing play out as this attorney is speaking 
I think we just all just sit back, let it play out, because this man really ought to be embarrassed. He ought to be embarrassed. But the issue is, I heard the word system used. Well, here's the problem I got with the system. The system will allow you, some of us, to go through all of that, still be able to um, run for office. No way should a, a person be able to run for the highest office in the land, and you've just been sued just in one case for $83.3 million, where you were found guilty of how you're treating people and this and that and the other thing. So, you know, I wouldn't want the man, I wouldn't want to be the man for nothing in the world. I feel sorry for him. We just need to lift this man up in prayer. Uh, lift who, lift who up in prayer? Who are you talking so, about? Lift him up? You feel yeah, sorry for Donald prayer. Trump? Yeah, because he's got some issues, Tina. <sighs> okay. He's not a happy man. He's not a happy man. Well, that's you can look at him and tell. That's his. That's his problem and his own doing. I don't know this, but anyway, I mean, you can pray right. for anybody. There, I, I, I right. cannot and, say and that. And that's why I, the, the the bigger issue I have is the system that will allow these type of things. And I know, you know, that you can go through the appeal processes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, all this stuff takes a while. Just like the guy, you know, here in the city that you know had something to do with these two little children you know, that were murdered, but yet the trials keep getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, and now we're appealing this. we got to change the judges for that. We need another venue. We need to move them over here, not move them over there. So the system is a wreck. And so uh, thank you, Mr. Attorney, for, for, for your knowledge. But, Tina, I also want to make an issue about the chuck holes real quick. I'm just going to tell the city of Indianapolis, slow down. So you don't hurt yourself, you don't tear up your car, and you don't hurt nobody. I'm retired. I heard one guy say he's retired, and I'm a, I'm in the city. I drive around. But, Tina, I'm just trying to take my time so I don't tear up my car. So mm-hmm. then I got to figure out a tort claim, and then I got to wait for the system to decide, well, was that one reported? Because if it wasn't reported, everybody ain't getting paid. Mm-hmm. So listen, Tina, thank you. I love you to death. And thank right. you for taking my call. Thank you, Brother Daryl. And I, I, I believe Attorney Garrett, Brother Daryl made history because I've been sitting here in this chair for a long time. I have never had a caller say uh, they felt sorry for Donald Trump. I have <laughs> never, I have never heard well, that. You say, you, you're always supposed to have a, have mm-hmm. a form of sympathy for for an individual. Whether you like them or not, you that's know, that's true. Only you can the pray. godly thing to do. That is the Christian thing to do. The Christian thing to do. Attorney, we have two more callers. I'm going to let you, uh, if if you don't mind, we'll get these last two callers, and then we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, but uh, ooh, AJ, do we have time to get to our break? Yeah. Okay, we we've got time to get to our break real quick. Uh, final two callers, Tim, Ron, uh, you'll be up next. We'll be right back. WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. Our guest, uh, Indianapolis attorney Taiwan Garrett, uh, who has just been giving us some really exceptional uh, legal insight and sorting out a lot of the uh, legal pros and cons, if you will, of uh, that important motion that was ruled on today uh, in Donald Trump's claim that uh, he's the king of the world and should be exempt because he was president. I, I, okay, okay, Attorney Garrett, I'm sorry, that's not legal uh, or what have you, but his basic claims of uh, presidential immunity, uh, which would grant him uh, an exemption from criminal prosecution, uh, the motion was denied. Uh, unanimously by a federal court of appeal. So, 
Um, and there's been reaction to that. Uh, and you've been, again, you've been helping us sort it out. Um, before we get to the callers, Attorney Garrett, uh, there's another caller uh, that could not stay on the line that wanted to know if uh, Trump is to be convicted. Uh, why would he not go to a regular prison instead of the prison regular citizens have to go to? Um, I is, is that a legal matter or is it a that's the, that is that was, I, I don't know, know liability always, more so than legal. Well, liability is always, legal, right? Right. That's um, has been again. We don't want to speculate on the yeah the what ifs. So yeah. here's what we do know: mm-hmm. if it's a federal trial and he's convicted federally. He will be go, he will go through the normal process mm-hmm. and be sentenced. Mm-hmm. And in the normal process, he could be. I'm not saying that he will be, but there's a likelihood that he could be remanded for turnover to a federal board of prison, federal of custody, prisons. federal custody. Yeah, right. Yeah. And when you're in prison, you know, I mean, the prison system has held some some. I mean, currently El Chapo is down in a federal prison. They still got um, him, El Chapo. I thought he, have Mr. he hadn't Mr. tunneled Mr. out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Jo- Joaquin Guzman, he's still he's still down there mm-hmm. in in Florida. Okay. I mean, we've had Manuel Noriega, mm-hmm. uh, but this will be a first that we'll ever have a former. We've we've had former elected officials mm-hmm. that have served in prison. Kwame Kilpatrick was was one. You know, he he served mm-hmm. federal time. Mm-hmm. Jesse Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. served federal time. But but and none they, of them, Attorney Garrett, have ever been afforded, uh, you know, Secret Service protection as a result of their previously held public yeah. office. And so, right. and well, here's the thing: uh, is uh-huh. as a president, uh, that's something that, again, we, we're we're navigating in uncharted territory. Yeah, that's true. And so. Again, but when you're in prison, there's restricted access. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, John Gotti served prison. They put him, segregated him from the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any famous person has been subject. And then some people, they like, hey, you're no different than any other common criminal. You just, it, it's, generally when you're in the, in the Bureau of Prisons, you're no longer Mr. Trump. You're no longer whoever you're, Mr. or Mrs. Blank. You're a number. You're yeah. a number blank, 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 blank. And that's what you're referred to. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if he's convicted mm-hmm. and it and it goes through the normal process of appealed and sentencing, he will be known as serial number blank blank blank. Mm-hmm. And he will be afforded the same benefits and rights as any other individual that's in the Bureau of Prison under those numbers. He's so, nothing what what yeah. what this case pretty much is selling out is again. You are private citizen Trump, and private citizen Trump will be treated no different than any other private citizen. So mm-hmm. if taking that interpretation, mm-hmm. he will not be afforded Secret Service protection because he is private citizen Trump. Through the, now, through as through a the former president, okay. right, yeah, as, as a president, we're, we afford them Secret Service protection. That's not a requirement. Ah. That's more of a that's more of a courtesy a benefit, a, benefit a courtesy, right. As being a former office, being a, a, a sitting former. But again, once you become no longer private citizen, you become remanded to the custody of the government as serial number blank. Then mm-hmm. we don't know whether that same courtesy mm-hmm. is extended to serial number blank, 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 blank. Cause serial mm-hmm. number blank, 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 blank was an elected It was not elected president. Yeah, breaking new ground all the time. Uh, Tim, go ahead. How are you? Uh, great show. 
I got two questions. They ain't definitely ain't talking about Trump. I don't even waste my time on him no more since he's been canceled. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, how do you fill out the tort claim so you can get your car fixed when you hit these big chuckles? And then what is the process to get your uh, traffic violation that you're not guilty of uh, emancipated? And another question, can we not – can we go a whole month on this show that don't even mention Trump? Can we talk about all the great things that the Democratic Party is doing in this city? Like the great things that LaDonna Freeman is doing, the great things that, that, that people are doing. Why do we waste so much time talking about this guy that's already been canceled? He's not a, a important to none of us. It's a waste of energy and it's a waste of time. Nobody cares. You have to care, though, Tim. You have to care no, because— The no, oh. reason, why, reason why I don't care about him is because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. He's not going to be the president no more. Nobody's going to vote for this this guy. Everybody knows that he's a liar. They know he's a liar. They know all stuff. So why can we just spend time on on something that's going to help the community? As far mm-hmm. as how to do tort claims, how to get your car fixed and hitting all these big chuckles, how to yeah. get your record emancipated, how to get mm-hmm. you no know, free. And food we've done and every one of those topics know, no, that you've I, mentioned. I, 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 Every one of those topics that you've mentioned, we have done shows no, no, on. I, I listen to your show every day. I love your show, Tina. Uh-huh. But we spend too much time talking about Trump. It's, uh, I wouldn't talk about somebody I don't like. Why? Why? This, I, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of. Mm. It just is. I don't talk about anybody that I don't like. I don't even let that. I don't let the mess get into my brain. Yeah. I don't. It's but <laughs> it's you so, know what, Tim, and I appreciate your call. But it's not a matter of like or dislike. There are I don't talk about anything on this show that does not have that's on a national level that does not have local implications. And if you can't follow that line, I'm sorry, but there is a direct line. Would you not agree, Attorney uh, Garrett? I would agree with that. I mean, we have to we still have to notice that for right now, you have to know he is the front runner as a Republican candidate. Yes. And he has he's again, I think one of the other. Uh, callers had mentioned why do we keep having the discussion about these people that are doing this and we have to really what Donald Trump is he's he's reset or the the standard for what is considered a good politician you know it used to be that you would expect your your politicians or your elected officials to have a certain level of integrity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 uh, as as we like to say you know at least walk it like you talk it Mm-hmm. And what we found is that he's recalibrated that. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to make a determination whether we're going to allow, irrespective of whether it's Donald Trump or any other person that's running for office, this recalibration of where is your integrity? Mm-hmm. Are you walking it like you're talking it? Are you, are you, are you, or it's like, it's a difference between being a straight shooter and then shooting the bull. And go. what we got is, we're mistaking somebody for being a straight shooter. He's really just shooting us crap. There you go. And there's so many wannabes. um, And all you have to do is take a look at some of that legislation that's taking place, that's being drafted and trying to be, you know, trying to get passed uh, at our state house for the state of Indiana, which is a direct result of MAGAism, which is a direct result of him. So as he goes, so goes a lot of the wannabe lawmakers. They want to make, they want to follow. They want to follow that mindset. They want to follow uh, and and try to do everything that he's been allowed to do. So we have to pay attention. We have to pay it. I mean, they're they're trying to ban books in the state of Indiana. Uh, yeah, they are. And the, yeah, they are. 
they're trying to make it more difficult for first-time voters to be able to vote because he's been sitting up there yapping about voter fraud. It's it's all rigged. It's rigged. If if you know if Republicans don't win, it's rigged. If he wins, well, what a good election. You know, those are the kind of things that you have to follow and pay attention to, or you're going to get lost. And and our le- our state legislature, you know, when you, when you think about the super the GOP supermajority, the way that they drew those lines, all of those things to get. Uh, the advantage, so to speak, you know, the the, the power. Uh, and then to see that we may have a governor that's even more, uh, you know, more MAGA than any other governor we've ever had before. Uh, you know, people may think that Holcomb uh, was, was somewhat conservative. You Do you see the rundown of all the Trump wannabes? I mean, you know, they're using I've, terms like I'm an outsider. They're using another term like I'm a, a Bible bump. You know, I'm a Bible thumper. I, I'm, I'm in the Bible. All of those things are techniques that came that emanated from him that they're trying to bring to your house, to your front door, to the people's house right here in the state of Indiana. You better pay attention. You better pay well, attention. The beauty, of, the beauty of it is you can't govern from a catchphrase. No. Sooner or later, you're going to have to get down to the business of governing. And so what we're finding out is we can take our state. Our state has been dominated by mm-hmm. one party for since at least since 20, 2004. Yes, very much so. 20, 20 it's, years. It's, it's 20 been years. One, one, part, one party rule. We have 93 counties here, and some of those counties, those counties have been dominated by one party rule mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. So if you have an issue with how something is going in your state or your county, look to see has there been a discourse between if it's one if it's single party rule and you haven't gotten that you kind of stuck with what you have mm-hmm. but what we have is again we have we have people caught up so much in the governing off catch lines mm-hmm. and 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 this because it's called what it is a, a catchphrase catches attention yep. but once that attention is caught how are you going to maintain it? and what we have a bad habit of is not holding them to maintaining our attention mm-hmm. it's like okay like with the, the the new phrase now is woke, mm. the, the woke agenda, a woke agenda. Mm-hmm. So what makes something woke? Is it if, if I'm thinking about it, woke means I'm making you aware of something, because that's the definition of woke. I'm bringing something to your attention that you may have not been aware of. Now, if you want to ignore that, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But at least it's been brought to your attention. Right. So why would you want to have a argument that you're anti-woke meaning so you're anti-information or you anti-dialogue and we need to start holding these elected officials to if that's what you want to say and that's your agenda or your objective mm-hmm. okay now i'm going to hold it to you if you're if you're if you're something with the if immigration is your issue fine how does this immigrant what is your solution because we can all point out a pothole Mm-hmm. I can point I can point out many of them on 38th Street, and I can point mm-hmm. out many of them on Meridian mm-hmm. <laughs> easily. There's potholes galore. That does not <laughs> solve the problem. Thank you for informing me that there's a pothole, but what is the solution? What are you going to do? Yeah, lean on What your, are you going to do? Yeah, lean on and your, so, and your representatives, that's, yeah. And that's what I want people to focus more so, not on Donald Trump and his overall issues. No. What is it? What is it that, what is his platform? What are you going to do? That's outside of you. <laughs> that is not of benefit to you. Indeed. What are you going to do for the common man, the, the 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 mom that's worried about daycare, the father that's re- worried about his his retirement, the senior that's worried about his medication? 
those are real issues. Donald Trump and his legal issues, those are not, those are Donald Trump issues. Mm-hmm. We're concerned with our issues. And let's focus on those issues and let the criminal justice system play itself out. Yeah, but it's also and important. I guarantee yeah. you if we, if we take mm-hmm. that approach, the air will be let out of his balloon and let out of, of most of these acolytes that follow that because then they will have to stand on what are you about? Right. Not, we know what, so, what, are, yeah. what are you? What, 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 why is this issue important to you? What are you going to do about the issue? Because mm-hmm. if yeah. not, you're just, you're just feeding me hot air. Yeah, and that's what a lot of them are doing down there. You know, no rides to the polls on election day and all kinds. Just, just like you say, a lot of, not, not substance, just a lot of hot air. You know, yeah. cultural wars, cultural wars. You got to, you know, and, and, and the question is, how are you going to deny me giving somebody a ride to a poll? That's my own individual call. Mm-hmm. I can, last time I checked, we still are a free society. Mm-hmm. And so now you're, limit, you're, you're limiting my right to benefit another person? Mm-hmm. What sense does that make? If I provide a, a ride to somebody that that's no different than even if you're a Christian, they say you're supposed to look after your own brother. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to tell me if I see a brother in need that needs pretty much a ride to the pole because it may not appear it appears maybe woke to you. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Then you're then you're you're not even a, you're not even a good Christian. Mm-hmm. You're not even you're not even a good person. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Final call, Attorney Garrett. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Ron, go ahead. How are you? Hi, how are you, Tina? You and your hi. guests. Great. Uh, I'm going to make this real quick. Uh, as far as the last call is concerned, one of the reasons why it's important to to discuss this guy uh, every now and then is because when he said. Well, everybody knows Trump's not going to be elected again. Well, mm-hmm. if 10 other people feel like that and 10 more people and 10 more people, then those are, that's 30 people that won't vote because they'll sit at home and say, he's not going to get elected anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't have to vote. Somebody else will take care of it. The other thing on this is I'm not a conspiracy theorist because I, what I do believe is one of the things I do believe in is that as a military man, former military man, we, we there's no infantry that can defeat the United States infantry. That's what I believe in. As far as the court system is concerned, unlike most black men, O'Leary of the court system and the justice system, because if if Merrick Garland had have started his investigation on Trump, like he did the little torch soldiers that Trump used, we wouldn't be in this position today. Because the court system, which is normally slow, unless they're dealing with somebody on death row and, and, and a minority, uh, you know, putting them to death in Alabama, Mississippi, right? All these things could have been avoided. Uh, I, I, I have this sneaky belief, okay, that Donald Trump won't face uh, uh, the court system, okay, at least not before the election. Uh, and even after that, if there's a small chance he got an office, like the attorney said, there's a possibility he could he could pardon himself, or just tell the DOJ to drop the invest drop drop the charges and stop investigating it. So the Department of Justice put us in this position anyway. And I say us, I mean the entire United States. I'm a veteran of this uh, of the United States, and I am very disappointed in this country overall. Uh, 
you got right now we got one of the best economies of any of the of the GA countries, but for some reason it's not being put out there and Joe Biden is be being blamed for a bad economy. That's all I have to. Okay. Um thank you, Ron. And uh Attorney Garrett, that democratic uh messaging, uh good, bad or indifferent, uh is another show uh, as well. Um in terms of you know, certain democratic accomplishments and democratic messages that uh, simply are not being uh, elevated uh, to the point where, you know, it's common knowledge. So, you know, that's that's the Democratic Party's uh, issue, and hopefully they'll navigate it correctly um, so that it can be more of a, you know, more of an even race. But that's, that's how politics goes. Um, any response to the last caller before I ask you your final question? Sure. I guess I can kind of just wrap it up with just a, a, a generalized thing. Number one, I like to thank all the veterans that called in. I know mm-hmm. we did have a, a substantial number mm-hmm. of veterans mm-hmm. that called, and I mm-hmm. like to I like to thank them for their service mm-hmm. because their service helps to keep our democracy safe. Mm-hmm. And taking that, I, I like to quote Winston Churchill and what he said: "It's a democracy if you can keep it." And so, as citizens of this democracy, it's up to us to keep the democracy that we want. So to keep the democracy that we want, we have to stay hyperly vigilant to avoid catchphrases and phrases for the moments and get deep down to what are the policies Mm -hmm. and holding people accountable to the policies and the solutions that they offer. And if we focus on that, we wouldn't have the demagoguery that we're currently encountering or that some may want to make themselves into, we wouldn't have because the policy will speak on itself. Your record would speak on itself. Yeah, uh, the, the the threat to democracy um, is so many different opinions in so many different areas. Um, yeah, uh, but like you say, keeping your eye on the ball and uh, hopefully democracy continues to hold. Um, I, I think that uh, most, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll leave it. I'll leave it where you left, uh, Attorney Garrett. Uh, very quick. You, you, when you first uh, came on, you said Happy uh, Black History Month. Any Black History Month tidbit you want to share, or a favorite story, or a favorite factoid? Because I'm about to open the lines for folks to share their Black history. You know, a lot of families, a lot of African American families, uh, have made. You know, they're Black history makers. Probably, if you think about it, in just about every family uh, somewhere. Uh, or a, a distant relative—I don't know—just um, someone that a family thinks has made Black history, or you know, you don't have to go to your family. But any any particular favorite uh, as far as Black history uh, fact well, or person w- that you like to share? Well, one that got me because I like ice cream. Was okay, that it was an African American person that discovered ice cream. Was it with the concept for ice cream? And so, uh, was it really? Yes. And, and, and why th- that African-Americans tend to like butter pecan ice cream. Why? And it was because, uh, as a matter of fact, the guy that the, the ice cream maker was a guy named Augustus Jackson was the guy's name. So a little known black history fact. That was the guy that came up with uh, the ice cream. And with, uh, with butter pecan ice cream, because during the time of slavery or during the Jim Crow era, ice cream vanilla ice cream was the predominant thing and it was viewed as more pure. And so because of the separate but equal and those standards that uh, 
the only time that we would be given allowed to eat vanilla ice cream was during uh, Independence Day. And so I guess in typical African-American faction, uh, we like BASF. <laughs> we, make, we make it better. We determine uh-huh. to add some butter and pecans to it and come up with our own way of adding a little spice to something that would, was normally denied to us, vanilla ice cream. So that's a little black on little known black history fact that I didn't I know. Love, and you know what? I've often wondered, when you mentioned butter pecan, that was my mother's very, very favorite ice cream. That's all she would eat would, would be, be butter pecan. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not much of an ice cream eater, but... Uh, she dearly loved it, and so I didn't realize she was uh, she was eating history, uh, <laughs> eating African American <laughs> history. Wow! So is butter pecan your favorite? Uh, I have a, a a wealth of ice cream selections. <laughs> like I'm like a kid in the candy store, but I've been recently with uh, on gelato. That's my <laughs> my new thing is the gelato. Gelato. I've never had gelato. I've never had that. That's I understand it's probably pretty good, but um, thank you. Change there, your life. <laughs> it'll change my. Okay, I'm uh, gelato today. It is. I'll go get some gelato today. <laughs> Attorney Garrett, Taiwan Garrett, thank you so so very much. And if someone wants to get in touch with you, you have your law practice and and what have you. I want to make sure that your website uh, and your contact information is available for uh, all of our listeners after hearing you today. Uh, your your website or uh, email or a number where folks can reach you. Well, if people would like to reach me, you can always reach me at uh, 317-847-1927. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll just take it from there. Oh, I mean, okay. I just, uh, hear you, hear you, hear you. But I don't have a website because usually I tend to, my client base is a little bit more focused <laughs> in a specific niche. But okay. I'm more than happy to, to if uh, the issue comes, to send them to the appropriate resource that they may need and that they're looking for if I can help and try to assist them with their legal matter. All righty. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Indianapolis attorney Taiwan Garrett, uh, do come back. We love having you on the show. Appreciate you asking me again. All Thank right. You. Take care. And again, uh, Indianapolis attorney Taiwan Garrett, um, helping us sort out. And boy, talk about sorting out um, the, the legalities of what we heard about all morning and uh, the realities of what we as citizens uh, need to do uh, and how we need to keep our eye uh, on the ball uh, and uh, don't let the demagoguery and the, you know all of those other things distract you from what's really important. And um, he, uh, he really uh, got that message across and, and sent it home. So um, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. is our number again 317-972-3008 I was asking um uh, you know we we talked you know uh legalities you know politics citizenship things of that nature with attorney Garrett uh but um as I was saying as he first came on he said hey happy black history month and today is the sixth day of black history month so I asked him if he had a uh, a black history factoid that he wanted to share either from his family because a lot of people's families have, uh, you know, black history may not be publicized or what have you, or just something you happen to know. And uh, Attorney Garrett shared with us uh, a little-known black history fact about ice cream. I did not know that, uh, that uh, there's a reason. He said that African-Americans tend to gravitate toward butter pecan ice cream. Uh, My mother was African-American, as am I, and her favorite was uh, butter pecan. But I never made that connection. 
and uh, he was telling us that uh, the the roots of uh, butter pecan ice cream are uh, strictly African American because it was something we uh, invented uh, based on what we were allowed to to utilize uh, on Independence Day, which was vanilla ice cream. So. All you ice cream lovers out there, you can thank Attorney Taiwan Garrett for that little tidbit. Um, again, I'm not much into ice cream. I guess I eat it, but you know, I know a lot of people that love uh, their ice cream and will eat it every day, um, winter, summer, spring, or fall. I, you know, I'll eat it when it's in front of me, I guess. But uh, gelato um, sounds Italian. Sounds Italian. So I am going to uh, give that a shot as well, uh, as per Attorney uh, Taiwan Garrett. But again, uh, Black History, you know, we, we, we set aside, we try to set aside some time for each show uh, during the month of February for you to share with us um, any Black History Month reflections that you have, be it your family, be it something you read, be it something uh, that, you know, maybe you want to underscore. Uh, just, you know, feel free to share that with us. Uh, 317-972-3008. We'll take that. Uh, I'm going to go to a, a quick commercial break, and I'll come back and get your calls. Also going to share uh, a couple of more things with you that are going on uh, in the community. So 317-972-3008. We'll be right back with more Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Wanted to get this in real quick. Um, Yesterday, right, this was embargoed until 3 o'clock, and we were off the air at 3 o'clock. I don't know if there are any tickets still available for this tip-off, the NBA All-Star tip-off event that's taking place um, Saturday, well, no, Friday. would be Friday, wouldn't it? February 15th, 2024, uh, entry 5 o'clock, the show at 6. Um, it's the Bicentennial Unity Plaza free ticketed event. Um, 5,000 tickets were made available. Oh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday, February 15th at 6 o'clock. Uh, the tip-off presented by NBA All-Star 2024 Host Committee, collaboration with Gang Gang, Innovative, and Dodd Technologies. Going to celebrate Indiana's unique connection to basketball, arts, and culture. The event is free and open to the public, but space is limited, and only 5,000 tickets will be issued. Fans must get their tickets, limit four per person, at GamebridgeFieldhouse.com forward slash tip-off. GamebridgeFieldhouse.com forward slash tip-off uh, in order to attend um, the tip-off, uh, Indy All-Star tip-off is sounds like a really, really nice event. It's going to be on a Thursday, February 15th. Entry at 5 o'clock, the show at 6. So free, absolutely free. Might be gone, but I just wanted to get that in. We couldn't release that until 3 o'clock yesterday, and we were off the air by 3 o'clock yesterday. So uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, we're in our Black History Month segment, I guess, uh, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Ralph, go ahead. How are you? Yes, good afternoon, Tina. Thanks for taking my call. Good afternoon. I'd just like to mention two things about Black History of Indiana that I know about. Mm-hmm. On the far west side of Indianapolis at 16th and uh, Westway Road, Westwood Missionary Baptist Church, there's only been four pastors there. I had the privilege of being one of them. Oh, Charles okay. McCoy, Reverend Hughley, and Reverend Larry Harris, who is serving today. Mm-hmm. And myself, Ralph A. Gray, served the church to been there for 79 years. 
Wow. The other part of black history I want to mention about is a year ago, Jay, my brother passed away, Moses Gray, mm-hmm. who was yes. the founder of the uh, child adoption here in the city mm-hmm. of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. in the state of Indiana. And also he was the founder of the 100 Black Men Club mm-hmm. in the uh, Indianapolis area. And so I'd like to just make those things mentioned. Well, thank you, uh, and we really appreciate uh, your service to the community. Um, and, of course, Moses Gray was, was somewhat of a giant, uh, and I mean that in every sense of the word. Uh, he was absolutely a giant in our, our community. So thank you for that call. Uh, 317-972-3008. Uh, AJ, you said you had one. You had a black history. Yeah, yeah I'd do. love to hear it. I do. A little 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 hometown. A mm-hmm. little hometown, little Indianapolis black history for you here. Uh I'm a huge baseball fan. Oh, okay. I've okay. become an Indians fan since I've been here. It doesn't get in the way of me being a Sox fan because they're minor league, so I can do that. <laughs> uh, the yeah, Indians, they're not even the farm club for the uh, for the Sox. So. No, no, no. I think they're the farm club for the Pirates nowadays. Uh, but Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh the Indians have been around for uh, over 100 years, I think 120 years, 129 years, something like that. And they only have one jersey retired, one jersey in that entire time. And it's, of course, Jackie Robinson. And we know everything that he has done for black people and black history and uh, black people in sports. But now we're going to have another one. And it's going to be the greatest Indianapolis Indian of all time. <laughs> Anthony Razor Shines with the coolest name of all time. Razor Shines, man. He's going <laughs> to be having his jersey retired this September and will be oh. the first active Indians player. Well, not active, but the first Indians player ever to have their jersey retired by the Indianapolis Indians. Wow. Razor was quite the he was quite the ball player. Uh, and, he, you know, he went up and down in, in the pro ranks for sure. Indeed. But uh, he was the he was the ultimate entertainer. He was the ultimate entertainer. And he had one of the best introductions. If you've ever been to an Indian game and saw uh, Razor play. Uh, how long did that intro take? About razor it, shot. It took a while. He it was took perfect a for it. He yeah. was perfect for it. Great guy. Yeah. Third, he's in the leaderboard for the Indians. Third in uh, what is he? Third in RBIs or third was in home he? runs? Fourth in RBIs. Third yeah. in home runs. Fourth in RBIs. First one to have his number retired. Wow. That'll be going on this September. So if you're an Indians fan or a mm-hmm. Black History fan, and you want to see Black History be made. Go ahead and get some tickets. To Ray, that. Razor is living Black History. I, I, he he absolutely is and was. And I, I think a big part of that too, uh, AJ, if I may, I, I think a big part of that honor is how much Razor did for the community. Indeed, that he was here. Indeed. I mean, he was everywhere. It seems like Razor didn't tell anybody no, uh, <laughs> and and especially loved kids and would just uh, was just out there really representing one of the best ambassadors that the Indianapolis Indians have ever had. Uh, and when he would step to the plate, the place would go crazy. It would absolutely go crazy. So congratulations, Razor. And you say this is going to be in September? Yes, September. They're doing a whole weekend for Razor, so it's going to be September 13th through 15th. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. in the record book. I mean, he he he, he played ball. You know, he, he oh, got yeah. some records there. Oh, yeah. He played some ball. A okay. career 280 batting average. It's hard to beat, man. That's oh. <laughs> hard to beat. That's tough wow. to do. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Congratulations, Razor. Always has a smile on his face, too. Indeed. Never in a bad mood. Well, thank you for that Black History Month uh, factoid there. Razor shines, and and we'll have to, uh, you know, maybe we can get Razor on the show. Wow, that would be awesome. 
You think? Yeah. Uh, before his, uh, you know, the closer to his uh, his retirement of his jersey. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's make a point of that. Just you know, shoot me that email about the date, and I'll uh, I'll put it on my calendar. And we see if we can get Razor in here. Indeed. To talk about that. It's three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Black history. We're sharing a little bit of black history. Uh, any black history in your family you want to share? Any black history in your community? Any black history in your neighborhood? Um, any black history you just want to share in general? Um, we got time right now. 317-972-3008. Uh, Henry, go ahead. You're back. How are you? Oh, hi. hi. Uh, thanks again. I didn't know I'd be on second time. Well, it's a special <laughs> occasion, so it's... It <laughs> is. We, we have, make exceptions uh, for sports and black history. I'll put it that way. Yeah, sports. Yeah, I'm enjoying this month and even more so my mother's birthday, uh, February the 7th. <laughs> oh, February. That's tomorrow? <laughs> Yeah, she's away. God bless her. She's in better hands now. But yeah, February the seventh is her day tomorrow. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> happy heavenly birthday to your. Mother. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, uh, Tina. Real quick, I don't. I want to get out of the way because I know. Uh, first of all, uh, we our family was blessed with. Uh, Irvin Carnett was the first Black African American in the city of Indianapolis to have a service station. It was a Gulf service station on Martin Luther King Drive. Second, my uncle, Art Hutchison, was a jazz musician, guitarist, Mm -hmm. actually asked to join the band of Grover Washington a few years ago, but he was local here. And the third thing is my dad played for Muncie Central, the first one of the two African-Americans on the first team back in the 30s that played for Muncie Central High School. That's wow. my And one other little thing that I want to throw in, I launched a podcast on January the 6th, and this is January, this is February the 6th, and you can reach me real easy on, I'm doing a little commercial here, on Spotify or Apple. All you have to do is log in Henry's Podcast. Henry's with the S podcast. Okay. And that's all. I appreciate it. Uh, what, what do you talk about on your podcast? What's your subject matter mostly? Subject is society, culture, and philosophy. That's my category. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Henry. Congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that, Tina. Uh, all right. 317-972-3008. Mr. Russell, how are you? Hey, Tina. I just wanted to call in some names of black history makers in Indianapolis. Uh First uh, city traffic engineer, Arthur Wake. Don't know if you remember him. Mm, I uh, knew an Arthur Wake in, from Madison, Indiana. He's, he was a painter, though. Oh, I really? knew of a Mr. Maybe Mr. The, Mr. Maybe Mr. Wake. the same family. I don't know. Yeah, Arthur and June Wake uh, from but, down but, in Madison. Uh, I, I, they may have been up here. I don't know. I was little. But, I just remember the, the names. But he, he was uh, very instrumental, as, as a matter of fact, when... Uh, Unigov came in, and they had the uh, they were drawing up district maps for the city count the city county council under Unigov. He helped uh, a lot of us in the community uh, try to make sure that uh, the black community was representative in an equitable way. Oh, okay. So uh, he was he was uh, quite a quite a guy in terms of uh, mm-hmm. the work that he did for the city. And then another uh, uh, the uh, W.T. Ray, uh, who was a realtor, mm-hmm. and also I think he worked in the governor's office. Uh, 
at one time, but he was very instrumental in terms of being uh, in the real estate business here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank and you. Uh, somebody that you don't hear too much of, but uh, you might remember Congressman Andy Jacobs. Yes. He you was, don't hear uh... his name too much uh, lately, but uh, he actually, uh, I think uh, Judy Carson worked in his office, and I think he encouraged her. Uh, he to, was uh, the one that kick-started her career. He really yeah. felt very strongly that Julia would make a good uh, legislator and public uh, you know, a public servant, and boy, did she ever. And uh, he he was, uh, from what I understand, uh, was really one of the people behind her uh, her launch into absolutely. politics. Absolutely, absolutely. He had, he had a favorite story that he would tell at times. He said, if you want to know how, uh, uh, what a sailor would do when he gets uh, shore leave, look at what he did. The last time he had short leave. <laughs> it's just a paraphrase, of course. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he used to tell that a lot. So, yeah, he was quite tough. And I think he, he and uh, William Hudnut, uh, I think William Hudnut beat him uh, in, in Congress one year, one, mm-hmm. term. one term. And then, uh, of course, he came back and became the mayor of Indianapolis. Mm. He changed his ways. From an arch conservative to uh, to the leader that he became, so hmm. so folks can change. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. We need we need that more. We need more of that. Yeah, more indeed, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Russell. Absolutely. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Dawn, go ahead. Black history. Hi, Hi. my name is Dawn. And mm-hmm. I was calling about my mother. My mother was really inspirational to me. But my mother lived in Indianapolis all her life, and she started the summer lunch program about 48 years ago, mm. 49, something like that. She started the summer lunch program in Indianapolis. She also worked at the Boys and Girls Club, and she started the Black College Tours that the Boys and Girls Club does now. Oh, wow. What was her, what was her name? Anna Perkins. Okay. Well, we salute her. Uh, absolutely, that is fantastic. So, do the do the tours still go on? The tours still, uh, you know, are the tours yeah. still underway? Well, the summer lunch program has grown by leaps and bounds. It's everywhere now, and it has left this state. She stepped away from it when it did get that big. And the black college tours for the boys and girls club, yes, they still continue those. Where they get the kids, they put them on a the bus and they travel and they go and they stay at these black colleges. And they make a tour, and they do it for about a week or two. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she started that. She figured out how to fund it. She got the donations. She got everything donated. She did everything and got that up and running. Wow. What was her occupation by nature? What did she do? Um, my mother was a social worker, and okay. she was also, um, when she got sick, and she was uh, sick, and I put it on Facebook, I got hit up by many people saying how my mother was the reason they got clean. She was the head counselor at the Salvation Army Detox Center when it was still over off of Delaware. Oh wow! Wow, good for her. Wow, that's that's she was an awesome person. That sounds it awesome. The fourth right. anniversary of her death was the second of, of this year. Mm. She died July second, twenty twenty. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. We really appreciate it. And again, we salute her, Miss Perkins. Thank you. Uh three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Trina, go ahead. How are you? Uh, hello. Hello. Yes, this is, yes, this is Treva, and I'm calling uh, 
recognize my grandfather, who was Alonzo Watford. He taught at yes, uh, Attic High School. Name. Yes, yes. And he also his his uh, uh, they named the basketball football field after him, and also a street. It's on 16th, right off of uh, Andrew J. Brown, or where, right there uh, on the other side of us. Uh, Andrew J. Brown. Was he in law enforcement as Not well? Andrew. Uh, it'd be MLK or West son. Street, wasn't it? Wasn't it West Street? Yeah, it was yeah, on the west side. Yeah. On the west side. I remember seeing so that. His, his son was a his son was a detective and a police officer for for the police department. His name was also Alonzo Washington. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was a, a, a health teacher and teacher at Attic High School. He taught all the black people back in the day when they just that was the first black school. Attic's High School. Wow. So I just want to recognize him, Alonzo Wofford Sr., and then also Junior. Okay. A lot of rich history All there. Right. Family to be proud of. Thank you for sharing. All right. All right. I appreciate that. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Um, uh, a lot of black history. And again, if you have... Uh, I have uh, some you'd like to share, even some of your personal family black history. Love to hear about it. We've got uh, a little time before the end of the day. And, and, you know, again, every day on the show, we're going to spend some time on uh, Black History Month. But um, I wanted to share a couple of other things. Um, Again, yesterday, the uh, free tickets to the Indy All-Star uh, tip-off were made available. Again, I'm not sure how many are left. 5,000 were offered. Uh, the Meet the Artist exhibit at Central Library uh, is on the display. We talked about that at the Central Library, uh, along with the gala opening reception uh, that's going to take place on um, uh, February 17th. Black History Month in Indianapolis also features the 28th annual Art and Soul um, events, uh, live performances, visual arts, and more across a wide range of events uh, and locations. Um, Art and Soul 2024 uh, has so many events. It, it kicked off uh, last Friday, February the 2nd. Uh, tomorrow, uh, there's going to be a featured artist showcase at the Jazz Kitchen, uh, 5377 North College uh, tomorrow at the Jazz Kitchen. Uh, guests will enjoy a pre-show art experience uh, with Box, the artist, a performance by Dexter Clarity and his band, uh, and a spoken word reading by uh, Just Will and a whole lot more. Friday, uh, February 23rd, um, a celebration, Naptown Tribute at the Indianapolis Arts Garden. Uh, that's going to be taking place from 5 to 7.30 p.m. Uh, the um, new this year, they're having the Kids Zone, uh, this, the, you know, the uh, Naptown Tribute Show and the, and the event. I think that's free as well at the Arts Garden. Um a lot of Black History Month uh, events uh, taking place here in the city. Um, so you can just uh, go to IndieArtsCouncil.com and you can find out about Art and Soul uh, and some of those uh, events that are going to be taking place. Uh, the uh, Indianapolis uh, Children's Museum, of course, um, is celebrating Black History Month as they always do, and they do it with excellence with the number of events. You can go to Children's Museum. Uh, .org. Um, and the, um, ah, look who we have on the phone. Uh, you know what? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the new All-Star Weekend, uh, NBWA All-Star Weekend, um, is going to be taking place, 
Uh, the uh, NBWA Women's Empowerment Summit and Men's Panel is going to be taking place at the NCAA Conference and Event Center Saturday, February 17th from 11 until 3. Uh, this is going to be um, uh, Indiana Black Expo is grateful for being selected by the NBWA as one of this year's charitable organizations and beneficiaries of the event. So uh, be sure to uh, look that up as well. Uh, you can have some more information on that if you go to indianablackexpo.com. Uh, uh, Dr. Tommy Brown, Dr. Brown, how are you? I have been wanting to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in about 10 years. I, it's just so good to talk to you today, Dr. Tommy Brown. How, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, Tina. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you. Okay, I'm just giving you an update, and I'll probably call you uh, to give you some more surprises, but mm-hmm. uh, Malik Yoba mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will be at Martin University, like you and we know, tomorrow between 4.30 and 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's open to the whole community. It's open to the community to come over to Martin University. You haven't mm-hmm. got they're going to have, uh, what, what do you call it, refreshments, repasts, and it's, it's, mm. it's addressing really the National Black HVAC Awareness mm. Initiative all over this world. Mm, indeed, and he is such a community activist. He's a talented uh, artist, a talented actor, no doubt, uh, and has been in a number of things for the last 20, 25 years, so we've all been entertained uh, by him over the years, but he, he has never forgotten uh, his community and his commitment to community. And so he is going to be moderating this fireside conversation uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, February 7th, 430 to 7 um, at the Gathertorium at Martin University, 2186 North Sherman Drive. So hopefully, um, Dr. Brown, we I don't know, is it possible that we may be able to, to grab him tomorrow if he gets in town in time? I think I've nailed it down. He's going to call in at uh, 972-3008. Oh, uh, good. Clock to, <laughs> 2 o'clock tomorrow. 2 o'clock tomorrow. I'm going to write that down. I love that. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So um, he uh, will Tina, be you might ask when you come over to Martin to help be our mistress of ceremony. Uh, tomorrow? Don't panic on me. <laughs> I can't. We'll talk off the off the air, Doctor Brown. We <laughs> have to talk off the air. Yeah, I, I, that's what that's why I said that. Uh, yeah, um, and but he's gonna be he's gonna be calling in tomorrow at two o'clock. Right, he'll be at he'll be at his hotel, uh, wherever it is here in the city, and he he made a I don't text, but he texts his connections and said he would be ready at two. He's got the decompress coming off the airplane at 12, whatever that means. Well, you know, uh, probably has to get into the proper zone. You know, I, I guess that's what I'm thinking, yeah, because travel, travel is stressful nowadays, Dr. Brown. Travel is very, very stressful. And uh, so I can understand needing to decompress. Yeah. I get it. I and get it. and also, uh, if, if it's also we're going to have the a kind of uh, at the first of your program, from the uh, a major roach diagnostics as we're tying into this initiative, but from the Minority Health Coalition, uh, Ms. Jarnell Craig and is initiating some unique things in relation to that, and that will be connecting to you uh, that 
on the first part of tomorrow. A whole lot of health stuff is going on, sis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, Ms. Craig, is uh, Jarnell Burks Craig, is going to be uh, on at 1? She's going to call in at 1? Uh, I guess we'll call in 1. I think I'm going to have to call in for Okay. Her. Okay. That's fine. And then uh, Mr. Yoba will be calling in at 2. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. All righty. All righty. I think we can accommodate. <laughs> okay. I think we and Dr. Brown, thank you for arranging all that and setting all that up. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for allowing me to. Oh, no, not a problem at all. We this is of the community interest. And, and you know, we always want to make sure that we have the community informed about what's going on and uh, the extreme importance yeah. uh, to all of us. So thank you again. I'm looking forward to talking to both you, talking to everybody tomorrow. We'll see. All right. right, Dr. Tommy Brown, thank you very much. And um, tonight, uh, also, uh, the uh, out at um, Mount Carmel uh, is the uh, Black History from K to Gray. Uh, One of those lectures is another one is taking place. They're all uh, they're all on Tuesdays, every Tuesday in January, every Tuesday in February and every Tuesday in March. Uh, tomorrow, tonight is the first Tuesday in February. Um, and, uh, Hey, these, uh, from what I understand off air, these are incredible. So they're being taught by, uh, both Dr. Uh, Walter Milton, uh, and by, uh, the, the pastor at Mount Carmel, uh, Dr. Theron Williams. And so, uh, be sure to take advantage of that if you can. So those are all free. So a lot of stuff going on. Uh, for Black History Month, um, a whole lot more that we can tell you about in the coming days. Uh, but uh, just know that right here in the city of Indianapolis, Black History Month is not going uh, unabsorbed, uh, unobserved, absorbed too, but un- <laughs> unobserved. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for information and more on that. That is all the time we have for now. We're always praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM Indy's inspiration. Uh, don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. is up next. Thank you as always for listening. Don't forget our new call-in number, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. That's our new phone number. As always, everyone, please be safe and be well. Um, we will be back with you tomorrow. Uh, Until then, I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.